welcome to Canada's National Bible a mystery that we will not all see. Some of us will Some of us will be on earth when the Lord Jesus comes to At that moment, Trump, we will change into our resurrection bodies and we will be at the cross where we What a great promise I believe that we may be in the last days. I believe now is the time that we need to do all that we can for the kingdom of God, because the time may be short before the Lord Jesus comes. The Bible tells us to occupy till he comes. Let's occupy. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. sound oh may i then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand how This week on Moments in Missions, we continue our discussion about the importance of Christian education, we call this series, 
giving them a future. Many of us have experienced the excitement of walking across a stage to receive a hard-earned degree, or have enjoyed watching a loved one receive honor as they complete their studies. In Sierra Leone, education can be hard to obtain, not to mention a Christian education. During the early days of Mission Go's educational work in Sierra Leone, Dennis Campbell was approached by two young boys who came to him looking for books so they could read. They asked, Can we work for food and new sandals? Over the years, others also grew to love these two boys and help them attain a complete education. After President Campbell attended this February's leadership training session, these same two, now grown, men have begun a traveling evangelism team, visiting remote villages that are hard to reach. As they shook his hand, having received their certificates for completing the leadership course, he was struck by the reality that the MGO ministry is graduating over 600 students each year from our Christian high schools. The Lord has blessed MGO efforts, we are seeing children turning into adults, pursuing evangelistic efforts after receiving a Christian education. Sierra Leone's overall education system faces many challenges. There are too few qualified staff and insufficient IT and library facilities in crowded classrooms. These factors limit opportunities for young students. Early education is critical for children's development because it directly impacts their future success. A strong foundation of learning, coupled with a Christian perspective of moral values and the gospel, plays an essential role in shaping behaviors and decision-making that create stronger futures for each student. This is why Mission Go finds it vital to provide primary and high school learning. After high school, Mission Go realizes that what is needed is a foundation and infrastructure to bridge these gaps and provide higher education that teaches biblical leadership. We must ensure that the facilities and technology are in place to support these college-level programs after their high school graduation. Access to higher learning has a large impact, providing them with additional honed skills, earning potential to support themselves and their families, and personal growth opportunities needed to succeed in their chosen careers. Each year, we have hundreds of students graduate and go to various provinces throughout the country. These students become evangelists, teachers, church planters, nurses, and parents. Higher Christian education encourages them to become active and engaged members of their communities. We have pastors and educators willing to join us in elevating our current Bible teachers to become seminary-level instructors. In their numerous career paths, each student becomes an ambassador for Jesus Christ. Pray with us this month as we seek to raise funds to continue this beautiful ministry. Thank you so much for listening to Canada's National Bible Hour. As you are aware, this is a listener-supported program, and of course we cannot continue to be on the air without your prayers and your support. This month, we're offering a, a pamphlet by Dr. Fred Hartman uh, entitled, For My Namesake, God Makes an Unconditional Covenant with Abraham. He makes promises to the children of Israel that he would be their people, that, that his descendants would be blessed forever. And so that prophecy is still in effect today because it was unconditional. God, God ratified that covenant without man or Abraham or anyone else agreeing to it that the descendants of Abraham would be blessed and you can see that throughout the years uh, when the nation sinned of course then they came under God's discipline just like when we sin we come under God's discipline but he never rejected totally the nation Israel even in today we have the nation coming back to Israel they have their own land again 
uh, Jews from all over the world are gathering there, and we see the end-time prophecies uh, becoming a real thing. And so all the prophecies up at this point have, have pretty much been fulfilled as the Jews come back into the land. And the greatest promise that's in the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, is the fact that one day that all the Jews will be saved. And that will be a great thing right at the end of the world when God destroys everything. And so these things are in process, but it also has a, a personal application for you and for, for me. God makes promises to us in his word, and those promises are true. And if we continue to live by those promises, that God will continue to work in our lives and draw us close to ourselves as we live holy lives. One of the promises he makes, he'll never leave us or forsake us. The other promise is that he will help us to grow in grace as we study the word of God. And um, other promises are that uh, we will see fruit for our labor as we're faithful to him. There are all sorts of things that God has given to us, and we need to claim those promises and live by them. And this pamphlet will draw you closer to God, and it will help you to live the Christian life. You can get your copy of this pamphlet. It's called For My Name's Sake, through writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. Walking in sunlight all of my journey Over the mountains, through the deep vale Jesus has said, I'll never forsake thee Promise divine that never can fail Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight Flooding my soul Shadows around me, shadows above me, never conceal my Savior and guide. He is the light, in Him is no darkness, ever I'm walking close to His side. Heavenly sunlight, heavenly sunlight, flooding my soul. Heavenly 
Today's message is from Dr. Fred Hartman, and it's a continuation of his Revelation series. Printed copies are available upon request. Today we begin our study of Revelation chapter 12. We are quickly reminded that since the fall of Lucifer, there has been an unending struggle between Satan and his fallen angels, and God and his angelic forces. We learn about this in Job chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 14, and Ezekiel chapter 28. These all show us that Satan was in a personal conflict with God. The battle was between Satan and God. Mankind became involved in that struggle when he yielded to Satan's temptation in the Garden of Eden and has been in that battle ever since. As this battle continues today, we need to be reminded that every person in the world who does not know the Lord is free game for the evil one and his emissaries. Those who do know the Lord are still in the midst of the battle. Some have victory, while others who do not allow the Spirit of God to direct their lives can often be influenced or even controlled by this evil one. The conflict still rages after all of these years. At the same time this struggle is going on, there is another one taking place between Michael, the archangel, and Satan. Both of these are the leaders of their angels. Michael deals with the good angels, while Satan leads the fallen angels or demons. The Bible does not have too much to say about this, but we learn a little from Daniel chapter 10, where Gabriel could not come to Daniel and to his aid because he was hindered by the princes or demonic powers of Persia. Michael had to come to his aid before he could complete his mission to go to Daniel. There are also reference to this angelic warfare in the book of Jude, as well as Ephesians chapter 6. In Revelation 12, we find the angelic battle will reach its climax during the seven-year tribulation period. There will be, as it were, two battles going on at the same time, one on earth and another one in heaven. The struggle on earth will be between demons and angels as they seek to control, guide, and possess mankind. The other war will be where good and evil angels fight on the very battleground of heaven itself. However, back in chapter 11, verse 15, we get a little glimpse of the final outcome of both of these battles, where we read, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. As we begin our study in chapter 12, we need to know that this chapter through chapter 14 are an interlude and are not chronological. They will cover the same things, some of which we have already examined, but from an entirely different perspective. In chapters 12 and 13, 
we will see unfolding seven different characters of the tribulation. There is the woman, the dragon, the male child, Michael, Israel's remnant, the beast out of the sea, and the beast from the land. In the first two verses of chapter 12, we find depicted a woman who is about to have a child. In verse 1, we are told there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. I've never seen a woman like this, have you? So what is the Bible talking about? First of all, we have to deal with the word wonder. In the Greek, it is the word used for a sign. This woman is a sign of an important truth that will follow. The Roman Catholic Church believes this woman is Mary. But if you look at verse 6, the woman fled into the wilderness for three and one-half years. The woman is given wings to flee into the desert for three and a half years in verse 14. So we can be assured that this cannot be right, for this never happened to Mary. Some Protestant churches hold that the woman is the church, but the churches did not produce the male child who is Christ. The Christian science doctrine is that the woman in, is uh, Mary Baker Eddy. None of these views are right. So then who or what is this woman? The answer is quite clear from Scripture. The woman is Israel. It was through Israel the male child or Christ came into the world. How do we know that? Let's look at Romans 9 verses 4 and 5 where we read of Paul's kinsmen according to the flesh, the Jew who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption, and the glory, and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promise, whose are the fathers, and of whom is concerning the flesh, Christ came, who was over all. God blessed forever. Amen. This passage makes it very clear that the male child came to Israel, who is the woman of Revelation chapter 12. In the Old Testament, Israel is likened to a woman many times. She is called an adulterous wife. In the book of Hosea, for example, the prophet had to marry an unfaithful woman to illustrate just how unfaithful Israel had been as she turned from God to the idol worship that was practiced by all the nations around her. Next, we see how she was clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown with twelve stars. This takes us right back to a dream of Joseph, as recorded in Genesis 37. There is the sun, moon, and stars. It says it would be under him. It happened when Joseph was sold into slavery in Egypt and rose to a leadership position in the court of Pharaoh. When his brethren came to get food in the famine that fell, befell the land, Joseph's eleven brothers, who formed the, later the twelve tribes of Israel, along with him, were brought under the authority of Joseph. This again gives us proof that the woman in Revelation 12 is Israel. In verse 2 of Revelation 12, we learn that the woman travailed, being in pain, to bring forth the male child. Israel suffered much as a people before the male child, the Messiah, was born. She had been conquered by the Babylonians, then the Medes and the Persians. 
then the Greeks, and finally the Romans before he came the first time. Could this possibly be prophetic as well? For that nation will go through the tribulation period of seven long years before he returns to take the earth back from Satan's domination. In verse 3, we are introduced to the second persons of these three chapters, Satan. He is described as a great red dragon. Red is usually used to describe warfare or bloodshed. Verse 9 makes it very clear who the dragon is. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world, was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. So it is very clear that the dragon of verse 3 is Satan. Also back in verse 3, we read that the dragon has seven heads and ten horns, and has seven crowns on his head. To understand the meaning of this, we must turn to Daniel 7, verses 24 to 29 where we learn that the ten horns are ten kings who will come into power in the end times. Out of these ten kings or leaders will arise the Antichrist, who will become a great world power. The seven heads of verse 3 could be seven forms of government, out of which the Antichrist comes. There are a lot of differing views on this, so we will leave this here. We learn more about Satan when we read of his tail drawing a third of the stars out of heaven. Angels are called stars in Job 34.7. Lucifer is also called the son of the morning, which means day star. The meaning of this is quite simple. For when Satan fell because of rebelling against God, one third of the angels fell with him. Both came to the earth and have been the major source of trouble since then. Satan, at the present time, is called the ruler of this world. He and his demonic forces are free to work on this earth, and mankind has been dragged into this since the fall of Adam. When we read that Satan stood before the woman who was about to give birth to this male child, It is telling us that Satan did everything in his power to keep the Lord Jesus, the Messiah, from being born. That all started way back in the Garden of Eden, where we are told that Satan would go after the seed of the woman. He did his best to cut off the royal line through which our Savior would come. At one point, that line was saved by one seven-year-old little boy being hidden to escape death. Though Satan time and time again tried to cut off that line, God prevailed and that line was preserved. In the last part of verse 4, we're told that Satan was ready to devour the child who was Jesus as soon as he was born. This brings us to the Christmas story where Herod decreed to kill all the male babies under two years of age. He didn't stop here, but tempted him after Jesus had spent 40 days in the wilderness, fasting and praying. He tried to get the people of Nazareth to throw Jesus to his death off a cliff. He tried to get the Pharisees and scribes to stone him. Then 
He had him falsely tried and convicted and sent to the cross. But with hindsight, we can say that was the biggest mistake that Satan ever made. It didn't change God's plan at all. His death on the cross and his resurrection that followed provided the means of salvation for the world. We will close out our message today by looking at just the first half of Revelation 12, verse 5. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. We know the mother of Jesus was Mary, but in our passage, the woman is Israel. The Savior, Messiah, had to come from Israel as well as the tribe of Judah. He also had to be from a royal lineage in order to become the ruler of the nations. That, however, did not take place at his first coming as many expected, but it will in the future when he returns to this earth as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We have seen today that Satan is a very powerful and has a multitude of fallen angels or demons as well that together have brought about all the problems this world has known. Just as they tried to thwart God's program for the ages, they play utter havoc on the world today. They do their best to keep people from hearing the gospel. Then when a person does hear the gospel, the temptations come so that they will not believe it. Did you ever think why there's so much persecution of Christianity today? No other religion has faced anything like this. Guess who's behind all of this? Finally, as a believer, don't you face temptations every day like I do? We certainly do. And where does that come from? You know as well as I do, and it doesn't come from God. But we must remember that we can have victory over the onslaught of temptations that come our way, the same way Jesus did. He always resorted to two things. He answered the temptations by reminding Satan of the Word of God and by coming to the Father in prayer. Beloved, nothing has changed. You and I can only overcome temptation by the same means, by the Word of God and prayer. I trust you are doing that in your daily life. I trust that the message you just heard is a real blessing to you and you can apply maybe some of the biblical truths that you heard today. We also have a great those who tune in who don't have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to receive the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Exercise faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The Holy Spirit indwells you and uh, changes. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. That's a promise in the Word of God if you will have genuine faith and believe in the Lord Jesus. And I trust that you will make that prayer and ask him to come into your life today. You can also order your copy for my namesake, the pamphlet by Dr. Fred Hartman, by writing to Canada's National Bible Hour, Box 1210, St. Catharines, Ontario, L2R7A7, or in the United States at Box 2010, Buffalo, New York, 14231. You can also get past messages of Canada's National Bible Hour on our website, 
which is www.missiongo.org. Org. Also, uh, you can get uh, other messages uh, on our internet radio station, which is 365 days a year, 24 hours a day. And that's at MGO Radio. We're so thankful for your prayers and we're so thankful for your support. And we trust that God will continue to bless you throughout this next week. <laughs>